DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. We are joined now by Michelle Gardner, ASU beat writer for the Arizona Republic. Michelle, good morning. I'm great. I'm doing great. How are you guys doing this morning? We are doing well. But I want to give you a warning here, Michelle. First off, you got a lot of fans listening closely to this because ASU opens the season in Southern Utah, and then Game 3 is at BYU, and then in mid-October, uh, mid-season, they're up to play the Utes. Now, on top of that, I went to UC Santa Barbara. I got, I got no, I got no uh, horse in this race. But my, my partner here, PK, he's, he's teleporting himself right now to January 1st, 1987, and the happiest Sun Devil moment ever after the Rose Bowl victory. So, he'll be going over everything you say with a fine-tooth comb. So, be on... Be on okay. your A game. You, you have no idea the lines, Dan, you're about to step into with the, with the Devils here. Okay. Now, having said that, uh, there's been um, a lot of hype and a lot of pub for Herm, uh, but now we're getting into year three or year 2.5. I don't know. It depends on how you score whatever it was that just passed for a, a football season. When we hear people say they're primed for a big year, you're covering the team. Do you feel that, or do you feel like people are getting a little ahead of themselves? No, I think this is going to be the year for them, most likely. Um, they returned 20 of 22 starters. So, you know, now you've got guys that have been in the program under Herm. I think there might be two or three guys that he didn't recruit. But this is a team that he's pretty much recruited by hand. He's got a coaching staff that's all his guys. So I thought maybe last year would be the year, and then it unfolded the way it did. So obviously it was not. Um, but I definitely think that, this year could be their year, but you know, ASU people have been, they've gotten used to being disappointed, <laughs> you know, so, you know, there are, there, there's a lot, large segment of the fan base that's all in and thinks this is going to be the year. And then there's a segment of the fan base that goes, Hey, I'm going to hold out hope, you know, because I've been disappointed before. So it's kind of both. Yeah. You look at last season and, uh, you know, his terms third year there, it's not a full season. So you really can't, uh, evaluated completely obviously i think they were they only played what four games is that what it was they played one of the fewer games out there of any division one team yeah it was four like, games and games one and two were interrupted by a one month break yeah, yeah, yeah. uh yeah. so four games a month break in between those two games you got a new offensive coordinator you're breaking in a new defense so it was just kind of a tough go for a lot of reasons so defensively, I think they're supposed to return everybody. Uh, I look at that, and there's a bunch of kids who came back. Maybe they could have gone for the draft or didn't want to return for eligibility. I think that Crosswell uh, was the one kid who left, but he had gotten beaten out in the secondary, and then they ended up suspending him, I think, at the end of the season anyway. Uh, defensively, they should be really, really strong. The thing that bothered me is they allowed, obviously, uh, the two L.A. schools to score at the end of the game. Is that anything that the Devils should be concerned about as far as that being a pattern, or will they be that much better this next season? No, I, I think that the defense is going to be much better. What they need to do is they need to improve. They were ninth against the run, ninth against the pass. So obviously when you return every starter, you expect that to not be the case this year. But what they did do very well is they were first in scoring defense and they were first in the country in takeaway ratio. 
So they did some things well, and maybe it's bend but don't break, but they need to give up less yardage in between the 20s. Um, Shari Crosswell was the one loss, if you can call it a loss. He lost his starting spot going into the USC game. So he, even though he had started for two years, technically he wasn't a starter at the start of the season. Um, so, you know, maybe it's a little bit of a loss, maybe not. But, you know, guys like Chase Lucas, Evan Fields, Merlin Robertson, uh, most people thought that the two seniors were going to be done and gone, and some people thought Merlin would declare for the draft. So early on when those guys came back, and Jack Jones also, the other corner, when those guys all decided to come back, people kind of started getting excited because they're like, you know what, if those guys are coming back and everybody thought they were going to be gone, then there's a good thing going here. So that's I, I expect the defense to be much improved over last year. So under the theory that uh, you're back, you should be better, but you're not always better, what, what is it they're trying to get better at? You bring up this ninth against the run and against the pass. I mean, is it is it missed tackles? Is it scheme? They concede a lot of yards in front of them because they do bend, don't break. Is it blown assignments? What happens? You know, it's kind of hard to say. I, I don't think they were terrible because they, they made some really great plays. I, I think Merlin Robertson played phenomenal against USC, um, then not so well in the next couple of games and then he played great in the last game but it was it was just maybe some big plays here or there Uh, I think they were better tackling than they were in the previous year so I don't necessarily think that was the issue I just think it was it was big plays and it was also failure to get off the field on third down if I had to pick one thing I would say failure to get the third down stop against USC the defense was on the field for 95 plays. That's obscene. So I, I think third down stops is the area they need to improve on. So you look at their offense. I think Herm is an old school guy and uh, NFL guy, obviously, and it reminds me a lot of what Utah does with uh, Kyle Whittingham in terms of we're going to run the ball. And so they've got a couple good running backs there who had uh, – they were new, the junior college kid, and then uh, Trayanum, the freshman from Ohio, looks like he's going to be a star. But my thought for you is with that in mind, since they're such so run-oriented, why would Thompson, the kid from Utah, leave one running-oriented school and go to another run-oriented school? You know what? That kind of I was kind of curious about that myself. And ASU's got a lot of receivers. Now they've said they're not necessarily going to be run heavy. They want it to be maybe fifty-five, forty-five. And a lot of the reason they were run heavy last year was, at least early, was because they're breaking in a lot of wide receivers or new new kids in the wide receiver position. Um, you had a new offense. You didn't have any of spring practice. And this offense is a little bit complicated, a lot of shifts, a lot of motions. So that's kind of why they leaned on the run early and, and didn't pass as much. Frank Darby, who is one of the lone losses at, 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 on the offensive side of the ball, he got hurt very early in the USC game. So when he went down, basically all the receivers left were freshmen or sophomores that didn't play a lot. So 
you know, Jaden hadn't had a, a chance to really develop that chemistry with those guys, be it, be it no spring practice hardly, and then being early in the season. So that's why the passing game struggled a little bit early and they had to rely on the run. So speaking of Jaden Daniels, and we're talking Arizona State football right now, our spring football tour continues with Michelle Gardner, ASU beat writer for the Arizona Republic. Uh, in the shortened season last year, he completes 58% of his passes. As a freshman, he's just a shade under 61%. Most coaches want 65 Now, ASU loves to throw the deep ball, and he throws a pretty deep ball. So are they okay with what he's doing? The, he limits the interceptions. He's great at that. But does he need a higher completion percentage, or what he's doing is good and that's how they're going to play? No, I, th- I think it'll get better just because now he's a junior. But again, in the USC game, I'm going to go back to that. Johnny Wilson had four flat-out drops, mm. like drops. Um, so you can't fault Jaden for that. So um, I think that he's going to be much better in that regard just, again, because he's had he's getting a chance now to get on the same page with these wide receivers. So I think that'll get a little bit better. Um, you know, you look at some of – and again, going back to the ratio of run versus pass – some of the other dynamics didn't less necessarily lend themselves to huge passing numbers. You know, they got up on Arizona 42-7 at the half, so they didn't pass a lot in the second half. Um, the Oregon State game was cold and rainy, so they kind of kept the ball on the ground because they have good running backs. So I know his numbers were very pedestrian when you look at them on the surface, but you kind of have to look at all the things that went into them line it seems like Herm since he's been there has been somewhat patchwork and a lot of it is getting uh, transfer guys to come in and we know that if you want to run the ball or throw the ball you better be good up front how's the offensive line look this season well they've got all but one starter returning the only starter not returning and one of the two players on either side of the ball not returning is their center Cade Cody Cade Cody was a sixth-year senior last year, so most guys aren't going to come back for a seventh year, even given the option. So center is the position that they're looking to fill. And right now, at least through the first day of practice, it looks like that's going to be junior Donovan West, who was a starter last year at left guard. And they feel Donovan's got the potential to play at the next level, and if he does, it's going to be at center. So at least yesterday and the first day, it looks like Donovan West is going to be the guy there. Um, They return all the other starters, and two of those were grad transfers in Henry Haddis, who came from Stanford, and uh, Kellen Deesh, who came over from from Texas A&M. So those are two guys that are very veteran guys that have played football for a while, and those guys are the leaders on the line. And I think they're going to be fine on the line because they're returning four of the five. So is this year's schedule just kind of a one-off then, uh, non-conference? It's Southern Utah, UNLV, and at BYU. <clears throat> there are some bigger games out there, and there's a thought that the Pac-12's got to play other Power 5 leagues and beat them. And they do have Oklahoma State out there coming up here. Is ASU all in on that, or is uh, is her more, hey, let's go 3-0, build some confidence, break in the young guys, and worry about conference? No, usually, usually they like to have the one gimme game. They like to have one that's a decently tough game and then one that's kind of in the middle. Uh, and, of course, they set these schedules years in advance. You never know how good somebody's going to be or not not be. But that's kind of usually their, what they try to do is a kind of a gimme 
a tough one and then one that's kind of in between type of thing. So that's kind of where their thought is in that process. Um, as far as the rest of the schedule, and obviously the schedules came out earlier this week, um, ASU's got a decent schedule. Obviously, the tough part is the end of the year back-to-back trips to Oregon State and Washington. Um, so two straight trips to the Northwest, back-to-back weeks. And this will be the third year in a row that ASU has traveled to Oregon State. So a lot of the fan, fan base here wants to gripe about that. So um, you never know the weather in Corvallis come November, December. So that's kind of the tough part of the schedule. Um, but Herm doesn't focus on that. He said, hey, let's just go play them. And they did win last year in December in Corvallis in bad weather. So maybe that's overrated. Yeah, it has to be not just Corvallis in late in the season. It has to be 8.30 and rainy. That's part of the deal. Can't, it can't be 1 o'clock. So uh, I understand their frustration there, but you got to play the game. I, I like the stuff that, uh, that it comes out of the coaching as far as the recruiting because they'll tell you – they, their spin is that, well, we, we recruit nationally. You know, that's what we do. Well, yeah, you, you damn well better recruit nationally because you ain't getting anybody from the state of Arizona. Maybe you can get a walk-on or a kicker or somebody's son. But other than that, that's been a struggle. And I know hiring two ex-high school coaches from California, Southern California, in uh, Pierce and Claiborne, that's really helped. And they hired the Chandler High coach, and Chandler's got the big program. Uh, down there, obviously, in the Valley. Uh, do you see any breakthrough as far as to be able to have any shot at getting the top kids and stop having them to go to Oklahoma and Oregon or wherever else they're going? No, I, I like what they've done already for the next cycle. Uh, they've already got two four-star recruits, and uh, they've gone into Florida. And, and to get Jalen Marshall out of Hallandale High School, which is outside of the Fort Lauderdale area, um, they went and got him. They just got a four-star safety. And from people I'm talking to with the 247 affiliate say, this kid is really, really good. So, and he's out of California too. So I like what they've done. Um, they're excited about this recruiting class and that this is the first recruiting class that Herm and his staff have recruited since they were high school freshmen. So I think they're gaining traction in, in places like Florida. Um, and they got Chip Trainum, the top running back out of, you know, Ohio State territory. He's from Ohio. So I think they've definitely increased their footprint nationwide. Um, and I think that that's going to continue. So when you look at the South, where would you, uh, where would you put ASU in all of this? Well, you know what? I think the South, I think any of four teams can win it. Obviously, I, I don't think Colorado has quite enough, and Arizona is Arizona. So I don't, think, I, I don't think those two teams have enough to pull it off. But I think any of the other four teams really could pull it off. But I think you start with USC just because they're USC, and that's a national brand. That's a, a school that should get the top recruits in the country year in and year out. So i got to think that USC is probably still the favorite. And I think ASU, Utah, and UCLA are in the mix, too. I, I wouldn't rule any of those teams out. So uh, I think this is probably ASU's best chance in a while to actually win it. And I'm not going to go overboard and say they're the favorite because I, I still would probably go with Keaton Slovis and USC. But I think that ASU can be in the mix. And there's no doubt about that. You know, not With 20 of 22 starters returning, they should be in the mix. Michelle, we appreciate a few minutes. Thanks for joining us. A little spring football tour of Arizona State. We appreciate it. 
Anytime. Michelle Gardner, ASU beat writer for the Arizona Republic. The opener with SUU, the third game with BYU, and then midseason with the Utes. We will be seeing plenty of ASU. All right, DJ and PK, right back to the story of the morning, the Utah Jazz. The frustrating loss to Philadelphia. We will get your reaction coming up next. And Craig Bullerjack joins us at 9 o'clock. It's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Now let's get this party started. This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on the Zone Sports Network. Have we ever talked to John on the air? No. No. And I've got questions. Is he there? I'm here. Hey, John. How are hey, you? Hey, John. I'm good. How are you guys? Uh, John, yeah. while we have you. No, no. We've had a, uh-huh. a, a long back and forth about a pitchfork incident. I want to know the details of my buddy here and your brother running a pitchfork through you. <laughs> we were out working and, you know, cleaning our ends or whatever you want to call it. And uh, he thought that he was like King Triton and he uh, threw that pitchfork and uh, oh! exactly <laughs> true enough. He just sang on the mark and put it right underneath the kneecap. Did you throw a trident? Yeah, I killed a guy with a trident. Hanson Scotting, weekdays from 10 to 2 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. It gets to a point when you feel like what you're doing defensively and what you're doing offensively are being perceived two different ways. And that's essentially what he was trying to express. You know, we know that, you know, as, as we're trying to, to improve and beat some of the best teams in the league, that, you know, we've always got work to do. But there is obviously a level of frustration with the things that you can't control. DJ and PK brought to you in part by The Warehouse. Join the big show Friday at The Warehouse from 2 to 6 p.m. Price is so low, it'll blow your mind. Boom! That was Quinn Snyder right there. That's how you support your star while not getting yourself fined by the NBA. I watch no, that's him, his job. Watch them find him, too, just for fun. No, nah, they won't. No, nah, I don't think so. I think Nothing that was well played. He rode the line. He did toe the line. Well, sure, he's in his 50s. <laughs> yeah, there you go. So, And he's got to set the the standard. It's just, uh, he's the... He's the f- now, he's not the face, but he's the spokesman, sort of, so to speak. I think the players. I got zero problem with what they said. I support them one hundred percent. I got their backs. You don't usually want to hear people talk about refereeing. Look at you go. You're not talking about refereeing, but you're talking about people talking about refereeing. But I'm going to allow them to talk about it this game. Now, that doesn't mean... Because of Embiid's the, shoulder, that offensive foul? That was, that was what opened the that door? That was egregious. I thought the worst call, because I have seen no calls like that before. Not I thought like the, that. Uh, you're right. It was, it was pretty... <laughs> it was on the high end of what gets allowed in an NBA game. Uh, but I thought the one, the craziest one, was when Donovan got called for an offensive foul. And clearly, Simmons had, <laughs> Simmons had his arm pinned. I didn't see that. I didn't understand that. And... It's That's because it wasn't a foul. But I know, but <laughs> how dare you let? Ben but my Simmons point your on that out. was, those guys got tangled up, so it wasn't at least to me. Now I'm not there out on the floor, but there was this contact, and I wasn't sure what was going on. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So it was, it was confusing to me because their bodies were tangled. The other one was a bowling mm-hmm. ball knocking down a pin. Yeah. It was the seven spare pickup. There was nothing else to see. 
You see what I'm saying? So it was clear. It wasn't a bunch. These dudes are big guys. It wasn't a bunch of guys in there. And in this case of uh, the one that you speak of, it was two guys, but it was underneath the basket almost. And so there's a lot of traffic there. So, yeah, I see what you're saying, and I agree with you. But at least there was some type of confusion. It wasn't abundantly clear what literally happened in the actual moment. The other one, you could see, you could see from Upper Darby. They like to say all that stuff, you know. You always pick the cities out. Right, absolutely. He hit that one to Draper. (laughs) Yeah, so that's I give you a little uh, Pennsylvania uh, geography there. It was clear from Camden, which is across the bridge in the Jersey side, to uh, to see that foul. That's 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 my difference on those two. I don't disagree with you on that, but at least I can have some form of allowance. The Embiid man, I, I'm telling you, JJ Watt is going to take that move and use it uh, with the Cardinals. This year, that thing was it was wide open. It was out for everybody to see, and they still allowed it. That was shocking, and I think that the league is right to get rid of the flopping, but that wasn't a flop. <laughs> so, but I don't necessarily say that those are the reasons why you lost the game. But I want the fans. If you want to complain about the refereeing, this is your time. We got ninety more minutes. Complain the crap away <laughs> right now. <laughs> complain the crap away yeah have at it man call us up get on the app uh do your thing on twitter or whatever it is you do want to do and complain yeah get it out man let's hear it today's the day ctca complain the crap away ctca people all right so the open mic if you haven't used it you grab your phone you use our app you hit the open mic feature you can record 15 seconds of audio send it to yak and he'll play it 855-340-ZONE if you want to go old school on the phones. And you can tweet at us, David DJ James. You can hit us up on Facebook, DJ and PK. The question on Facebook, how disappointing was that? Joshua says, I think we could beat him in a seven-game series, but we definitely need to toughen up. More often than not, we struggle against teams that come out defensively and punch us in the mouth for four quarters. We need to be more physical. This is the year, though. Go Jazz. Joshua, all in. This isn't an overly physical team. They're not going to beat you, that's for sure. So I understand that. Uh, In fact, uh, I mean, I agree with that there. Uh, As far as that's not necessarily their game. No, I think when you build a club around three-point shooting, you are, by definition, building around skill, and it's going to be a little more finesse. Very few brutally tough three-point shooters. Embiid is one of them. (laughs) Embiid is one of them. Uh, Former Jazz man turned Miami Heat turned Phoenix Sun, Jay Crowder. He'd be he'd be a guy who can shoot the three a little bit and uh, not to the level the Jazz want it, which is why he's not here. Sure, he's a tough guy. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's fine. You don't want to you don't want to bang into him because you're not you're the one going to the ground, not him. Uh huh. Yeah. Corey says they did not play jazz basketball down the stretch. No ball movement. Selfish play. Let terrible refing. I see what you did there. A little Charles Barkley spelling. Let terrible refing get in their head. A lot of complaints around the league about refing last night. I mentioned the uh, the spectacular drive uh, 
by Steph Curry, and, and he thought he got fouled by Ennis Cantor. I thought he did get fouled by Ennis Cantor, but he threw himself into it a little bit, so they made it a no-call, and he made a, a highlight hoop. But uh, did you see the technical that uh, Montrez Harrell got for yelling and one? Which, as he pointed out, he didn't yell near the ref or looking at the ref. Carlos Boozer, man. Carlos, I was going to say Carlos, <laughs> Carlos Boozer. Like, man, I'm glad they weren't doing that when I was playing. Exactly. Yeah, but Harrell has a little bit of a rep. And one! Boom! So... Uh, yeah, um, whatever on on those things. It, more often than not, the teams that lose are the ones complaining about the refereeing. And every every night in the league, there's half the teams are going to lose. It's just the way it works. I don't think they got uh, distracted by the refereeing during the game. I would disagree with that. That wasn't until overtime that. when they were already beaten. In my mind, that's that's when it, it was. Yeah, th- there was a no call in overtime, and all five guys jumped and spun around and twisted like tops because they the had had time. it at that point. Yeah, yes. And so yes, so it's like again, you've got to be kidding me. So that was a cumulative. That was a that wasn't you know obviously I was upset about the individual call, but that was an accumulation of calls that uh, put that response of what you speak of to. Uh, it came to pass because it was not just that call. It was all the things that they thought. And then obviously Donovan blew his stack. And great. Yeah, I don't want a bunch of friggin' choir boys, man. That 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 doesn't get you any wins. Forget forget that. Yeah, that I don't. I, that's like that's not the last thing. That's always an extreme expression. Oh, that's the last thing I wanted. Nah, I think probably shot in the face would be the last thing you'd be wanted. But. Uh, as far as that goes, they had that. He had that emotional outburst, and it wasn't like it was over the top. It wasn't the malice in the palace or, or any dream on green or any of the nonsense that we saw from Rodman over the years and whatnot. It was actually very understated. Uh, I mean, I don't even think the announcers realized exactly what happened until they saw him start to walk towards the tunnel. So that was fine. Brian says, tough loss, questionable calls, but you have to hand it to Embiid for that three at the end. Philly's climbing high on my dislike list. Well, I would get that because uh, if I were the hardcore where my game, my day is made by Jazz winning, for me that's not the case. I want them to see them win professionally. I don't really have a whole lot of personal interest, but uh, job-wise, yeah, when Embiid is flashing the T. Yeah, that was the Mitchell, one. Yeah. That would have pissed me off yeah. big time. I know, and then he tried to go over to him and pat him on the back on the way off the court. And right. Donovan just ignored him. Just like, right. I can't even see you. I'm busy yelling at this guy over you're, here. You're a great player, but now you got to be refereeing. He's lucky that it didn't escalate more than it did, And uh, so, yeah, if Jay Crowder's on the floor, I'm not sure that uh, Jay allows that to happen. It's like, put your hand down and shut up. And you go if you got fouled, go to the free throw line or whatever it is. You don't need to be worrying about whether they give my guy a T. Oh yeah, that totally got under my skin. If they play them in the final, I'll be rooting for a freaking four zero sweep, <laughs> and then I'd be teeing up Embiid every chance I got if I were the Jazz. Yeah, I mean that's the great thing about baseball. We saw a couple years back uh, a pitcher throw at Bryce Harper. Three years later, <laughs> because he thought he showed him up in a playoff game, if I remember. And it was, I think it was Memorial Day a couple years uh, ago, and he threw at him, and Bryce went out and chucked the helmet. 
I don't think he threw he threw the helmet more towards second base. He wasn't totally out of control. But the story, and I think the pitcher was Strickland for the Giants. He was upset at something that happened three years earlier. Those guys, they don't. They're my kind of guys. They are <laughs> New Jersey Italians, as far as I'm concerned. They forget nothing. And that's the way I was brought up, man. You never forget anything. Anybody wronged you? And believe me, I'm checking off the list. And I wrote down some names yesterday of people who who wronged me. And so, yeah, I'm never going to forget it. And that's the way it works. I'm going to do everything I can to come back and make them be haunted for their decisions. And that's the way I live. And so here uh, in basketball, I think they should do the same, man. They get an opportunity. If it came this year, obviously it would only be in the finals. But, yeah, that that bugged me to see Embiid doing that against my guy. And if I was somebody on the Jazz, I wouldn't have minded if they would have gotten his face and said, shut up right in the moment. Who do you think you are to be doing that? Unfortunately, I didn't see anybody do that, and I would have been fine with seeing somebody because and it was prolonged, too. He basically held the T sign with his two hands until they gave him the T. Shut up. Nothing wrong with the garage as long as you write it in blood on the dugout wall and never forget, right, PK? What did you say? There's nothing wrong with a grudge. Just write it in blood on the dugout wall and never forget. <laughs> oh, I make mental notes. <laughs> Uh, all right, uh, hit us up on Twitter, David DJ James. Uh, we've had some people write in funny stuff this morning. There's a little bit of humor. There's a lot of anger. I think Clint was as funny as it gets. It's pretty obvious to me the NBA doesn't want to see underprivileged kids get scholarships. So thank you for the humor, Clint. But this is no time for humor. Mostly, yeah, mostly it's anger, rage. We'll laugh tomorrow. I'm in no laughing mood today. Robert says these are the best basketball officials. Missed calls and wrong calls are a decision, not a mistake. He cuts them no slack. They're doing it. They know what they're doing, and they're doing it on purpose. Why would they be doing it on purpose? I don't know. But he says they're a decision, not a mistake. People are complaining. Too bad! You know, they want to know if you guys can maybe just do it right. No! All right. Robert, I need to. Uh, you need to extrapolate because if you're doing it on purpose, you're telling me that there's some form of fix. And if there's some form of fix, why would you be even remotely interested? I have no interest in this wrestling stuff. Zero. I will skip right over it every single time. And it doesn't matter if it's some roided up guy or some siliconed up gal, uh, and they're not. She's wearing skimpy clothes. I have zero interest in it. Because it's not real. And if you're going to go along those lines, then why would you even be remotely interested in it if it's rigged? It makes no sense to me. So I don't buy it. Matt says, you know we're getting back to normal as a world when we have bad refs. (laughs) Matt finds it refreshing. So COVID is over? (laughs) Yeah, there's none of this, oh, I'll just watch the game and I'm happy to have what I have. So these guys, the governor of Texas was right and Popovich is wrong. We're getting back to normal. Matt's like, normal! (laughs) Sweet! The refs are cheating the Jazz. The Jazz fans are yelling about it. It's 1998 again. It's 2007 again. Beautiful. I would love a return to normal, that's for sure. Uh, I, I don't know that it's normal. I still believe in my heart of hearts, and I could be wrong, which is why I'm allowing you to complain about the refereeing today. Complain away. I believe over the course of the season, 
those things even out. I have no stats. I'm not going to go on 284, 57, whatever the hell that website is that people look at and uh, study all this stuff. Uh, And maybe I'm wrong, but in my heart, I believe that that stuff evens out over the course of time. What website are you going to? I don't know. Was it you used to quote some website? Five thirty-eight. Yeah, two forty-eight fifty-seven. I don't, I don't right. even know what it is. <laughs> Not I familiar. Don't with waste that. my time on that nonsense. Uh, I just don't think fans want that. Uh, I think they want opinion. And they want emotion from us. That's what, at least from me, anyway. If I started just being clinical and started starting stating stats from forty-seven fifty-four website, no, click, bye-bye. All right, let's go to the open mic. You use, the, you use our app, hit that open mic feature, it'll let you record 15 seconds of audio, you send it to, uh, to Jake, and uh, Yach plays it on the air. PK, thank you for the invite to complain about the refs, but being a jazz fan, BYU fan, Utah Utes fan, we always know we have to beat the refs too. It's no big deal. we got to make our shots. <laughs> Dwight's a vet. He's been down this road before. Nothing surprises him. Okay. And, and I agree with, with the second half of that. If you want to win and you have bad calls and bad refereeing, well, then the task is to overcome it if you want to win because it's there. And it was there. I believe it was there. I, I believe that if you're complaining about the refereeing, is justified. So complain away today. Complete and total permission to have it. But uh, also, too, you're going to have that, and you need to overcome that. And they didn't. And that they had opportunities for sure. Why, why does Conley always have to shoot right-handed on that floater? No idea. And, and you're shooting right-handed when – Oh, Embiid is on your right side. That was the confusing part to me, and that's why I don't know why he did it. Because usually you want to use, you know, use your body to separate yourself from the defender. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't have anything for you on that. Nothing. I guess that's uh, what we're always going to get with him, for better or worse. And a lot of the stuff is for better or worse. You know, live by the three, die by the three, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. You hear all that. Uh, you got to be who you are. And that's who he is. But, I mean, he shot it basically right in Embiid's face. And it's a tough shot. And we get it. You're ambidextrous. You grew up and you got enough money to have a gym in your property. Good for you. Uh, All your financial worries are long gone. I'm happy for you. Uh, The rest of us, not not so much. But I just wonder why in that situation and should they have found a way to get the ball to Mitchell and blah 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 you can second you can second guess that stuff to your blue in the face and it's really pointless there's a bunch of stuff we can second guess we I can know. we can do that next and then we got uh, bowler coming up at nine o'clock let's go to Matt Matt good morning Max good morning or not. All right, Max, call us back. We'll take a break. We'll get you on the other side. 855-340-ZONE if you want to give us a ring. Hit us up on Twitter, David DJ James, Facebook, DJ and PK. It's 97.5, 1280 The Zone. 
Every single guard from the 8th grade up has a 13-foot stop-and-pop jumper. What was that floater last night, Conley? For $34.5 million at the end of the game, you've got to make the shot. Outside of what you've already talked about, the Royce O'Neill call out of bounds, if it hit the referee, why did they review it? And why was the call that he stepped out of bounds? Plus, that referee wasn't even the one that made the call. When is the last time you heard Donovan Mitchell complain? It's not like Chris Paul on every fetch and play. If I was a referee, at least pull him aside and hear what he has to say rather than just tee him up and let Embiid call the game. <laughs> Embiid. I thought that was an awesome game from Embiid. I liked Embiid a lot more when that game was over than I did when it started. But I got to say, I flinched when he was calling the tee. Like, that's just salt in the wound. You know he's getting the tea. He may already have it. We can't see on TV. You're just, it's just salt in the wound at this point, dude. That got under my skin. It's going to get under every Jazz fan's skin, and it's going to be a thing when they play next year. But, you know, everybody's got something that's bugging him getting under their skin, and he did not like getting called out in the Philly media, maybe partly by the national media too, but certainly in Philly. You know, the whole, uh, he doesn't want to play Gobert. He's ducking him. Look how many games he's missed against uh, Gobert over the course of his career. Okay, but that had nothing to do with the Jazz. No, no. That's what's getting under his skin. And then uh, what's getting under Jazz fans' skin is Embiid uh, signaling the T. Yeah, that that really got under my skin. That In baseball, that would be uh, in the ribs. <laughs> Brush back. Yeah, yeah. You, know, you never throw above the neck. That's unacceptable uh, unless it's 40 feet behind him or something. But, uh, yeah, that you don't need to be doing that, man. Let let the their referee worry about their guys. You worry about your guys. You don't you know that that completely and totally was unacceptable. And I know we don't get caught up in unwritten rules in basketball or football compared to like we do with baseball, but that was that was unacceptable. And that really really bothered me in that moment because everything was going your way at that point, and you got to do that. Nah, not cool. So this is going to uh, reverberate for the rest of the day, isn't it? This is going to be a big topic now nationally. What? Jazz fans are going to be in the spotlight. How the game was refed, how the Jazz uh, reacted to refing, how Embiid had a big game after missing, how Donovan Mitchell got kicked out. This is going to be a thing. I saw Michael Wilbon wading in on the Twitter fray last night in the game, and I thought uh, he did not like that that the whole thing about – the out-of-bounds uh, with uh, Roy- Royce trying to save it, he didn't like that that went on and on. He says, it hit the ref, it's out-of-bounds, next play, move on. That was the only one I saw. But that means he was watching the game, so he's going to have takes on a bunch of other stuff too. Well, of course, it's a Philly game. Yep. Those guys are going to be – he, he watches – Kornheiser watches basketball. <laughs> he does. Yeah, and he watches early games, and then he then gets called out for the whole I ninety five thing. So what? Right. Well, that's right up the street. Yep. From where uh, he is, basically, it's gosh, it's not even three hours uh, from where he lives. So yeah, and it's Philly, Philly, longtime franchise, been pretty good over the years. So yeah, they'll have something to say about that uh, for sure this afternoon. So yeah, it's worthy of national attention, and I, I say back it up. I mean, you just disgrace the Jazz right there by saying, "Yeah, it'll be an issue next year." How about this summer? Well, they're not going to play Philly. Why not? Why not? Come on now. Okay, are you all in you, on the Nets? Like you've been... I'm, there, there's too many options. It's not going to end up being Jazz Sixers. In the you don't play. know that. Okay. 
It's going back to. His I mean, yeah, if you're just going numbers wise, the odds are in your favor. I understand yes. that, but you you eliminated any chance. PK, I just did. It's clear Brooklyn Nets bias from DJ. Well, yeah, he, <laughs> he's, I love the big he's, markets. He's, I'm all East Coast. I love I-95. <laughs> he's going to die on that hill. Well, but Philadelphia is just as much I-95 as as the the Nets yep, are. They are. So uh, I mean, it's all that whole corridor that basically starts in Boston. And goes all the way down to D.C. Uh, it's about six, six and a half, seven hours of uh, travel, if you can believe that. And you hit all those major cities. Now, with traffic, it can take longer. That's for sure. I've been in the traffic. Uh, but that's what they're talking about. That they, And you, you're a big PTI guy, and they talk about that I-95 constantly. So, sure, I understand that. But it's not beyond the realm. Philly, when you got a player, and Simmons is a player, too. You know, he can't shoot. But it's funny because he takes grief on not shooting threes. Well, actually, that's sort of smart. <laughs> if if you can't do it, why do it? You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. he can do so many other things with his size that allows him to be effective. So I don't understand the grief. Well, he can't shoot threes. Okay, I get it. Well, then don't do it. <laughs> you know, it's, it's like uh, this kid Harms down at BYU. Somebody told him, yeah, you can shoot threes. You can shoot them. They just don't go in. <laughs> uh, so, But Embiid is a prolific offensive player. There's just no doubt about it. He's really good. 40 points and 19 boards against yeah. Gobert when he's been called out for missing the first matchup between these teams. And that was a massive three. And you can well, argue the Jazz should have fouled. Only 37 because that was against Bogdanovich. <laughs> I can, uh, you can argue they should have fouled. I think 10 seconds is a little early. You turn it into a free-throw shooting contest. There's scenarios that could bite you there too, so you got to mm-hmm. yeah. pick your poison, all that stuff. You get down to two or three seconds, it gets to be okay. a much easier decision. But mm-hmm. you know that possession started with 21 on the clock, and the best chance to foul him was probably at 10. And you got a split second to decide: do I want to do this or not? And then he sees the clock, and he's running uh, for the three-point line because he thinks it's getting too late. Yeah, to play he's two for backing one now. up. I'm I'm okay with that from the Jazz perspective. I just want to go bear on him. They're, that's their best player offensively. Well, they could have even if the switch they could have switched back when he stumbled. That's a chance. Uh, I got it. Or that's double a, him. Or double him. Yeah. That, and it's like, hey, listen, if someone else hits a three to tie it, so be it. But it can't be you, dude. We're not letting the best player be And it. I'm doubling him with my two tallest guys. Yeah, you're throwing some size at him that might matter. Right. Oh, it certainly would matter. Yes. Yeah. And it's But, hey, and I get it. It's easy for us to say, but that's my job. I'm paid to second <laughs> guess. I'm not paid to draw up uh, plays. Uh, they're, they're all second guess. And this is the kind of stuff they second guess. They absolutely talk I about I wouldn't that. have switched. And I would have found a way to get Joe in the game uh, because he had it going on, and it was just bugging me, man, P- putting Tobias Harris in the low post and letting him just do his so stuff So Joe against. for bogey is what you were thinking. Or, or, because they went right yeah, at yeah. bogey. They, it, it was really weird to me that they went so hard with Embiid late in the game. And late yeah. in the game, late in the fourth quarter, it was, it was a steady diet of Embiid. But as soon as they went to overtime, it was no Embiid. It was go right at Bogdanovich. And both, but both worked for him. And so, if it works, then it was the right call. Doesn't agreed. Seem very logical. <laughs> Seems like he would have gone with one in both situations, and they didn't. They switched with everything hanging in the balance, and and it paid off. It did. They had a huge fourth quarter. That was, I think, was it a thirty-four point fourth quarter? Sixers. Yeah. Yeah. 
That whole game, man. For not being emotionally invested. You got emotionally invested. I did. Got sucked into it. I did. There yeah, were I so did. many runs in that game. You know, the cliche is there's three runs and you need to have two of them. And I, I think that game had seven runs or nine runs or something. I mean, it was just back and forth. Uh, Jill just weighed in. She's hilarious. And Beach, you get fined for taunting. But back to the Jazz. I love seeing that emotion from Donovan. He's going to channel this and he's going to kill it. Yeah, I agree, man. That's why I was surprised you you came That's down on the That's what I emotion. said. Channel it. Don't just blow yeah, but it out. No, you ripped him for doing it. Don't blow it out in the post game because the uh, refs are going to... it back now. The refs are going to come after you. That's exactly what I said earlier. We already know this. Well, but then they're going to... Whether you channel it or not, they're still going to come after you. So what's the difference? If you're focused on the refs channel because coming after you... level. Then it, then it doesn't matter. So that then you're ripping them. Don't Gobert. do it. You can channel it any way you want, but the big deal, you can't control what the refs are going to do, and you believe the refs are going to come after you. I don't think so. I think the refs are going to be on heightened alert to make sure they don't screw over the Jazz again. Gobert complained about the referee in after a loss to Miami and a late call on Dwayne Wade and free throws that won the game, and they gave him a foul one second into the next game on the jump ball, and they kicked him out three minutes into that game. Clearly, that was there was a message sent, and that maybe and they they'll thought, probably be more I even, subtle I now. I don't remember that, it, so I can't answer to it. Yeah, but they know full it. well that they stumbled over themselves this time, and so they got to make it up down the line. So actually, them blowing uh, off steam the way they did, it will pay off. It won't hurt them. It will help them. Exactly what exactly what Jill said. Channel all this rage, and Donovan made it clear this was not a one night deal. They have felt this multiple times and not said boo and held it all in. Let it out. Channel it. Channel it. It's what Jordan did. It's yeah, what but works. you can't control what the refs do. No, what you can control is building the 10-point lead so that the ref can't get them back into the game. Now, Donovan will say, yeah, I missed 20 shots because I went to the hoop because we got to go to the hoop, and I kept getting fouled and not getting called, and they're all no calls, and Embiid should have fouled out of that game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got you. You know, so we got we got plenty of people cracking on him for missing twenty shots. But if you look at it, he shot real well from three. He shot poorly on twos, and most of those twos were inside of five feet. Mm-hmm. All right, DJ and PK. It's ninety-seven five at twelve eighty. The zone coming up. Craig Bowlerjack, TV voice of the Jazz. He's next. Stay with us.